Hi friends, it's Jess. This is the Not Carrie Bradshaw podcast. Thank you for rejoining me in 2020. I hope your new years are off to a bomb ass start. If you have been following along with me on my Instagram or by whatever social channels, you've seen that I have launched my wellness project. So not only will you be tuning into this podcast to hear me talk shit about style and pop culture, I'm also folding in wellness as a priority um, in my life moving forward and obviously in this brand as well, which I hate using the word brand, but until we come up with something else, that's what we got to say. So I basically decided about six months ago that I really needed to get serious about um, including physical wellness in my routine um as a part of my daily life, basically, like I see a therapist once a week, I journal every day, um, I meditate, I do as much reading as I can about like how to live a more full and a more aware and a more present life. Um, But I have been neglecting my physical wellness for a while and that has really kind of come to a head as I'm learning more about my relationship with food and why I eat the way that I eat in therapy. So everything is coming really full circle, which is why I want to focus on total wellness. I think it's really easy for us to get caught up in the physical part of taking care of ourselves because number one is the part that people can see. And we may not want to admit that we're kind of shallow in that regard. Like you care what people think. And anybody who tells you that they don't care what people think, they're either a sociopath or they're lying to you and themselves. So like whatever. But, um, and the physical part is also the part that we can feel. If you get sick, you don't want to be sick. So you're going to prioritize, um, physical wellness more than the part that people can't see or the part that you don't realize is really messing with you the most, which is your mental and um, spiritual health. So I think that all of those things have to work together in order for us to get the most out of life. And I'm learning how to do that. And I just want to bring you guys along with me for that ride. And I hope you're down to take it with me. With that being said, I'm really excited to kick off this project and to kick off the first episode of 2020 with my good sis, Dr. Ashley Pickett. She's been on the podcast before to kind of talk to us about, um, you know, New Year's resolutions and things like that. But this episode, I'm having her um, share with us why um, all aspects of wellness are important and why why and how they work hand in hand. She has some really interesting um, statistics and some really interesting um just gems basically so we have a really great conversation about how we as 30 plus year old women are learning that wellness is not an option it's something that we literally have to do in order to thrive so I'm really excited for you guys to hear this episode um do not fret the fashion tip will be back next week but we did talk a little bit long and I don't like to keep you guys for that long Um, on this podcast, but do hang in there. It's worth it. Even if you have to listen in two parts, do that. Um, But I want you guys to hear this and to take this in. Make sure that you sign up for the weekly wellness newsletter, which is at the link um, 
in my Instagram bio and it's also in this episode description as well. So make sure that you sign up and that you're following along and that you're taking um, down some really good tips about how you can prioritize your own wellness, how you can prioritize yourself. So I'm excited for you guys to hear. Thank you for tuning in again and I'll be right back. Hi friends, I'm super excited to reintroduce one of my top 10 favorite people, one of five people in the world who I will allow to tell me anything about myself. (laughs) Are you recording? Yes. Oh. My good sis, Dr. Ashley Pickett. You usually give me like a heads up. Hello everyone. You have to go in cold. That's how it's authentic. We're about Mm. transparency over here. All right, let's do it. So, Dr. Pickett. Don't. (laughs) We will not make it through. Right. Tell the people what you do and why. Okay. So, I am a clinical psychologist in private practice. I work with individuals and couples and families um, looking to make improvements in their lives um, that are wanting to improve their relationships, wanting to improve their mental health, or just want some maintenance um, around their day-to-day stuff. So that is what I do on a day-to-day basis. I love it. It is my passion, and it's um, it's been great. It's been a great journey. I feel like you've had like a really amazing year. You've seen <laughs> so much progression in well, your private you. practice. Yeah, things. absolutely. I feel like it was only yesterday that you were like studying for things whilst I was trying to go out and get wasted. And look at us now. <laughs> now we're both trying to go out and get wasted. Yeah, well... <laughs> When time permits, right? Yes, yes. So I wanted to once again kick off the new year, a new decade, Mm -hmm. by um, giving my listeners, my readers, my audience, my peoples, or whatever, um, some help, some tips about going into the new year in a healthy headspace. And as I am embarking on my total wellness journey, Yes. I, yes. <laughs> Give it up for you. Stop it. It's motivational. I oh love it. Stop. Um, first of all, I want to talk to the people about ways to prioritize self-care and what that looks like outside of the beauty industry saying like, bitch, get these bath bombs, mm-hmm. get these face masks, mm-hmm. spend this money. Like, how else can self-care look and how can people prioritize that? Yeah, so self-care is a hot topic right now, which it should be. Um, A lot of times people feel like they can't exercise self-care because one is selfish, which it is selfish, but in a good way. I don't think anything's wrong with being selfish. Um, But a lot of times people feel like, well, they have too many responsibilities. They have children. That's the main thing I run into with a lot of my clients feeling like, They don't have room for themselves, especially women, because they have children or they have a husband that has his own needs. And it's like, I don't have time to, like, engage in things that are just for my own benefit. But what I I remind people is that you can't do much for other people unless you're in a good place yourself. Right. So prioritizing yourself shouldn't even be an option. You should, you know, add it to what you do in order to be more efficient, in order to be... 
um, better at what you do for other people. So it is selfish, but it also has kind of a, a benefit on the other on the other side because you're still able to do more for other people, which is what you ultimately want to do. Um, but there are several ways to do it. For a lot of the moms, I tell them to be your own child. So that means the way you prioritize your child if they have a cold, you're going to make sure they get their medicine. You're going to make sure they get their rest. You're going to pick them up from school. If they forget their homework, you're going to make sure that they have it. If they have a project, you're going to stay up late to make sure it gets done. Right. Like, put yourself in that position as if you are your own child. Like, what yeah. are your needs in the moment? I feel like in, like, the collective consciousness, there's a lot of conversation around, like, reparenting yourself. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think that I... <laughs> I, I struggle to find the balance between, like, providing discipline for my inner child and, like, mm-hmm. also giving my inner child, like, space. I think I spoil my inner child. Like, sometimes I will, like, use my inner child, like, as an excuse <laughs> to do some bullshit. Like, <laughs> you know you want this cupcake. And yeah. it's like, but it's after nine, should we? And it's like, girl, treat yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes mm-hmm. like, You're overindulging? Is yeah, that what you're saying? sometimes I, like, really overindulge my inner child. And I think I might be, like, giving my okay. inner child, like, early onset diabetes. Oh, like, gosh. it's not okay. Well, but. yeah, you want to look at the results of right. what you're doing as well. Because <laughs> self-care is really just your relationship with you. Like, what? how do I feel about me? How am I contributing to my well-being or not? Like, how am I taking away from my mental health? How am I taking away from my peace? All of those things. How am I taking away from this fabulous body that you've been working for? Right. So that cupcake at 9 p.m. may not ultimately be a benefit, even though it feels good in the moment. Right. I think, too, that's just a part of us being, like, the generation of, like, we have no delayed gratification. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Microwave generation. Yeah, like, like we want everything, right like, immediately. Now. Yeah, like, yesterday. What was yesterday? What we needed. Oh, gotcha. I'm like, girl, what we do yesterday? <laughs> no, we wanted. I got you. <laughs> I was like, hold up, what we do? I forgot. Um... <laughs> Like, the days between Christmas and New Year's are all one blur. It's a blur. But they all feel like Sundays. Because you're convinced that the next day you have something really important to do. Yes. But you don't. But you and really it's like, don't. So should I start drinking now or not? And probably not because it's like 10 a.m. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. Yes, my so, days do get confused when I'm not seeing clients. It's like, where are we? What's going on? That routine. Mm-hmm. It's like not having a routine knocks everything off mm-hmm. a lot. Like, I know I'm much more disciplined in terms of, like, journaling, eating right, whatever, whatever, when I have a work day. Yeah. Okay, on which to, like, schedule things. Absolutely. Um, Same here. Right. And when you're just, like, left to your own devices, it's like... Wealthy people should be way more unhealthy because they mm-hmm. have the freedom to just get up and just like do anything at any time. But I wealthy would, people are the most regimented people, right? Ever, and they you can see stick why. to a schedule. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, which leads me to another thing. I feel like when it comes to I, I hate saying self care because I just feel it's such a buzzword mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. We need to come up with another term. Work on that. Okay, <laughs> like, let me think about that. Um, but I feel like we tend to look at it as this like insurmountable thing Mm because you haven't been doing it for so long like especially as a woman we're just like especially black women we're not socialized to put ourselves 
first, like right. you said. Right. But it's almost shameful to do that. It's shameful. Mm-hmm. Right. So I feel like for me, I've tried to look at some of my self care practices in the same way that you look at brushing your teeth. Mm-hmm. You don't think about brushing your teeth. It's just almost like an autopilot thing. Yeah. You just kind of do it. So yeah. like for me, that's journaling. Mm-hmm. I don't think about it. I just know that it's something that I need to do to get to a place where I'm doing it because it feels good. Mm-hmm. It's like, such a gift yeah. to journal. And like programming yourself to do things because it feels good mm-hmm. and not just for a reward. Mm-hmm. But that takes practice. And I don't think that people understand that self-care actually takes practice. Like mm-hmm. you're not going to wake up tomorrow and say, I want to be a better person and magically you're going to be a vegan who does yoga at sunrise. <laughs> like, you know, like that's what yeah. people think. It's like, yeah. well, I want to be a better person. So starting tomorrow, I'm only going to eat things that are like grown from mother earth and mm-hmm. drink fat free water. And right. Like, it's no, it takes reps. Journey. Yeah, it does. It's like exercising. The more reps you do, the more your body gets adjusted to what you're doing. And it feels like a routine. And then you don't have to think about it. It's just a part of your day to day. And we make room for everything else. Right. Is what I realized. Like, let's just say you like just anything. If you had if you didn't have a car, then you're going to make time. You're going to get up earlier so you can get to the bus, to the train or whatever to get to wherever you have to go. Right. You're going to make it work. Right. So it's about prioritizing. It's literally a choice. Am I going to make myself priority? And then how do I do that? What do I need to cut out? What do I need to minimize? What do I need to add? Like, mm. I think just, that's a, a big thing, too. I think we always think about any form of like wellness mm-hmm. as I need to take away a bunch of things. Like, I need to stop doing a bunch of things mm-hmm. instead of looking at what can I add yeah. to kind of like counteract those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a... Amazing point. I if it doesn't bring you joy, it. don't do it. Mm. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't bring you joy, don't, don't do it. Do it. Mm-hmm. That's like a major way to boost your confidence too. To That's like, a good way to declutter too. Mm. <laughs> when you try to throw things away that just are taking up space, like does this bring me joy? Do I want to wear this sweater? Does this sweater make me happy? Okay, Mary Kondo. <laughs> You've been really good about that. What? Having a more minimalist type of lifestyle, decluttering. I'm going to tell you why. New York kind of forces that on you. Don't nobody got Big space. Facts. You're yeah. right. Like, in New York, bitches got space to just be like, I'm going to have like a Costco size box. <laughs> Where you going to put it? Right. Where you right. going to put Where? it? It's one of the worst things, too. Like, I had this coworker who would give these really, like, trash Christmas gifts every year. It would just be, like, <laughs> random tchotchkes around her house that I feel like Aww. she would just shove into a bag. But you would end up having to take home, like, a 10-pound bag of just stuff mm-hmm. because she thought she was doing you a favor. Mm-hmm. And I would just routinely put it in a donation bin because, like, I don't good. have space for it. Like, I, have no, I, I don't need that. But good for you for not having that guilt of, well, this was a gift. I need to use it. I need to right. try it. This is disrespectful if I don't. Literally, I asked my dad what he wanted for Christmas. Said, please don't give me anything. I have to find somewhere to put it. I was See, like, oh, okay. that's that leads me to my next point. Well, we talk about like guilt, and that's like mm-hmm. some hardcore boundaries. Um, you know, one of my favorite philosophers is Gucci Mane. Yes, um, one and of the greatest philosophers of our time. You know, one of the greatest um, minds <laughs> of our generation. And Burr. one of my favorite Gucci songs is um, "First Day Out." 
And mm-hmm. he has this line where he says, if I don't know you, I'm going to serve you through my burglar bars. And I just feel like <laughs> those are words to live by. Mm-hmm. But, like, setting boundaries, I feel like, is a huge, like, key mm-hmm. to living a healthier lifestyle. But mm-hmm. you end up feeling guilty mm-hmm. for, like, changing certain relationships or changing certain priorities. Like, how yeah. do you cope with the guilt of, like, the way your life changes when you start to prioritize yourself. Oh my, that's a deep one. Because that's, I think every, every person that comes in my office has some issues with boundaries, either respecting other people's or not having any for themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that we have bonded with people and created relationships, even from our childhood, that just aren't adaptive. They aren't working for us. They're bringing us stress. They're bringing us tension. They're bringing us feelings of guilt all of those things so it's accepting low-key draining us and yeah. we wonder why we feel tired after we talk to certain people right or why we're dreading answering the phone for certain people or not wanting to go to certain places or being one-on-one with certain people there right. are certain people i can be around but i cannot interact with them one-on-one right it's like i i have no desire to only engage with you is going to leave me very depleted or I'm right. stressed or I'm going to be ready to go. Right. And why would I position myself to do that? So, again, it's about choosing yourself. Right. And the self, you have to have some sense of self-confidence, self-awareness, and really appreciate who you are to be able to choose you. Mm. Because if you feel like everyone else is so much more important, how does that, what does that say about how you feel about yourself? So, it's about... Yeah, what were you about to say? Yeah, no, like, I, no, like, you know, Ashley is, like, my second string therapist. And she's only my second string therapist because she knows and loves me too much to really therapize me full time. But I used to be one of those people where I think it's, it's amazing the way that you live your life unconsciously. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't even realize how much you prioritize other people yeah. over yourself. And something that I've come to realize or come to terms with is um especially through the pattern app which just reads me like a bitch off the street every day like I had a serious problem of prioritizing the relationships in my life Mm -hmm. over my own happiness Mm -hmm. because I just did not know how to feel if that makes sense like Mm -hmm. I don't think that a lot of us know what we feel like, like our own home frequency. Like, what do you feel like by yourself, aside from anyone else, Right. aside from your job, aside from where you live, aside from your history? What do you feel like? Yeah, because all that's context. Exactly. What do you feel like Mm -hmm. without that context? And it's, so I have a friend who, she's a writer and like a fellow podcast host. Hey, shiny girl. Um, And she talks a lot about the way we talk about single women, the way that we talk about like the time in your life when you're single and Mm -hmm. that we really are kind of programmed to look at that time in your life as something you need to be rescued from. Hmm. Like that you're just biding your time until someone will have you. Mm -hmm. And she was saying, or one of her guests was saying that in her life, she always prioritized romantic relationships mm. over her own happiness. Yeah. So she found in most of the relationships in her life that she was just allowing anything to go because the relationship was the priority. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think for me, something that has just been like a recurring theme for this year going into the next for all time, basically, is 
to prioritize myself over what I have always thought relationship to be. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think we sometimes kind of tend to lean on those relationships. Right. As, like for a sense of identity or a sense of safety. Right, right. It's building on your own sense of self. Right, mm-hmm. right. And I, I don't know, like I look at people around us who do that and I'm like, what would happen to you if like the rug got pulled from under you? And that's the issue. You can't control that. There's no way that you can be in any relationship and have 100% control. Right. Something could happen. Right. Something could happen to that other person. You know what I mean? And then what? What are you left with? So when you think about it from that perspective, yes, inserting, or not even inserting, just fueling yourself and and planting seeds within yourself always produces a a better harvest because you're going to be with yourself for the rest of your life. Uh, every day okay. you're gonna wake up with yourself every day you're gonna go to bed with yourself every day you're gonna eat with yourself every single day everybody else is context I love that this is so beautiful I can't girl so I have this <laughs> weird thing where even when I pretend to cry I make a mistake and start crying for real so oh I'm my gosh it it's so you weird. said that before it's weird I'm like why are my emotions so surface level like relax bitch Okay, so... You just have the cues. Your body's giving you the cues. This is what my face does when I'm about to cry, so... Tears must start for me. It's a wonder I didn't at some point. There's a philosopher that says that, though. Oh, man, James. Either his first or last name is James. But it says that we we don't cry because we're sad. We're sad because we're crying. Mm. It's like our body starts to cry, and then we feel sad. Mm. Which I think is not smart but it's interesting that's his whole model of psychology is based off of emotions don't impact our behavior our behavior impacts our emotions okay. I mean which it does so that's like the chicken or the egg thing yeah and do you know first. that I have like played around with that in my mind like since I became aware that that was like a question mm-hmm. and so I watched this show Watchmen on mm-hmm. HBO, which is one of the best things I've ever seen. I've heard about that one. It's so good. And <laughs> they basically just said it's both. Like, it's both. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's just, like, a circular kind of thing. Like, they both have to exist, like, at the same time. Like, mm-hmm. you can't quite sever them both. Hmm. But anyway, before we get to woo-woo. So, again, with my Total Wellness Project, a huge... It's really important to me that people understand that mental health matters in terms of even making physical changes or physical uh, making um, your physical body a priority because for me and you were present for this for like my 25th birthday I lost like a significant amount of weight and I looked like really amazing on the outside but Mm -hmm. like on the inside I was just such like a tortured soul and so I gained that weight back really quickly because I was not looking at how did I get there to begin with. Yeah. So talk a little bit about how or why both of those things have to exist like at the same time. Like you need the chicken and the egg. You need mm-hmm. the mental and the physical mm-hmm. health in order for them to like build upon each other. Yeah. Well, be- mainly because there's a relationship. There's no... Uh, I think people oftentimes focus more on physical health because those are the things that ultimately kill you, right? Yeah. Heart disease or stroke or cancers and things like that. It's like, well, I was sick in my body and I don't want to get sick, so let me take these meds or let me go see my doctor every quarter or let me follow this regimen to make sure that I am staying on top of that. But they don't understand the impact of mental health on the body. 
And the biggest stress, I mean, the biggest killer right now is stress. Mm-hmm. But it's by way of cancer or by way of heart disease. I have a, um, a MD up in, where is she now? Snellville, who I, I had never actually met. And I love her so much because she sends me so many referrals. But anytime someone comes in and she talks to them like most doctors do, what's going on in your life? How's your family? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and they, you know, report out and then she takes their blood pressure. And if it's high, she sends them to me mm-hmm. just that quickly, like high blood pressure plus life stressors. Go see Dr. Pickett. And every single time as they start to process what's going on, the numbers go down. Right. And it's just like a reporting out type of thing. So, I mean, even depression, depression increases your likelihood of dying from cancer by 50 percent. 50 whole ass 50%. percent. It increases the likelihood of cardiovascular disease by 67%. Like, and, and people don't think about that. Like, how do you feel emotionally? How do you feel mentally? Like, that breaks down your body. So I think, too, when people talk to their doctors, they aren't actually talking to their doctors. Mm-hmm. And I always impress upon, um, and I don't mean to sound sexist, but I am a woman, so I'm always going to, like, speak from a woman's perspective. But... It's so important for you to have, like, a good, healthy, and safe relationship with your gynecologist. Yes. Like, um, I had a polyp in my uterus, like, maybe two or three years ago. And, like, when I had to actually, my gynecologist was like, okay, so talk to me about, like, what's actually going on in your life. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, as a woman, our uterus is one of the first signs to us that something's not right. So this is just mm-hmm. like a sign that your body is working properly mm-hmm. and that you need to make some changes. Like mm-hmm. your uterus is the first sign that like, so like, I do not believe in like hotel Twitter, like doctors, but sometimes unless you have like endometriosis or like something, you know, whatever, sometimes mm-hmm. like your period is like hella bad because mm-hmm. of some things that you like aren't addressing yes. mentally and physically yes yeah. absolutely yeah like I think I don't know like I feel like our bodies are just like so cool they're problematic <laughs> they tell us stuff right yeah like yeah. they tell us so much but like if we're I think too I have a problem with like the culture of positivity mm. like we're kind of and I think sometimes as Christians like we aren't really taught to like allow the bad quote unquote feelings to like process we yeah kind of Oh, just have faith or Push just look to the after. Yeah, yeah, but you aren't actively, like, paying attention to or being, like, aware that your body is telling you something. Right. Like, if you're not looking at, like, why am I in pain and you're just always, like, medicinally treating it, but you're never mm-hmm. getting to the root. Like, you don't know what you could just be, like, kind of pushing down. Mm-hmm. So I know for me, like, um, because I think I found my path relatively later in life, um... I would feel jealous a lot mm-hmm. and I never wanted to admit that I felt jealous because it's like why the hell would you be jealous of your friends you should be happy for your friends yeah. like they're doing really well like why you know but instead of like pushing that down and just like pretending to be happy for yeah. everybody yeah faking it yeah like I just had to realize like I feel jealous because I know that I'm not meeting my own full potential mm-hmm. and it's like if I hadn't have like really looked at that or pulled at that thread I would probably still, on some level, be a hating-ass bitch, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think the the social comparison is a natural response in general. I mean, you remember being a child, like, everybody getting their their report cards back and everybody looking, or test scores, like, what did you get, what did you get, or 
looking at the board to see who made the team. Like, I think we're naturally going to compare ourselves to other people and try and measure up how we're doing based on the people around us. So I don't think anything's wrong with that. But it is a nudge to say that, hey, maybe I need to be doing more. Maybe I need to speed this up or maybe I need to try something different. Right. Yeah, I don't think anything's wrong with that as long as it doesn't stomp you or you don't get stuck there right but a lot of times people do try to push down negative emotions that's kind of a common thing as well because it's uncomfortable it's ugly it's messy but but it's like your human side too Mm -hmm. and I think for me what I had to realize this year especially with getting more physically active I really had to like (laughs) <laughs> like you try to do you try to do certain moves or especially like certain poses in yoga and you're like damn my body don't work like that and it's like you become painfully aware of your own humanity yep like you like yep. it just I'm a, I'm a human person mm-hmm. I'm a human person whose body just has not worked in this way mm-hmm. and now it's like learning to work not in this way this. yeah yeah I yeah. think it's hard for us to like face our humanity yeah because like the things that like you're saying that are normal Mm -hmm. that are just human we're just taught to kind of like not really look at them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but ignoring them can like lead to some really like major fucking issues you'd be surprised how many people come in therapy and don't want to talk about the tough stuff i don't want to talk about that this is off limits or we're not going to spend a lot of time on that, or this isn't important, or that's in the past. I'm like, what? Like, why <laughs> like, are we here then? Right, you're welling up. We have, like, this is what we're here to do. Like, you don't have to stay there, but let's acknowledge it. Let's look at it. Let's process it, and then let's move past it. Right. People will literally be like, no, we're going to just talk about work. Mm. I don't care that my dad did this to me, or I don't care that this person passed, or that I actually saw this person getting, like, no, no. Yeah. We have to pay attention to those things and acknowledge them. If we don't, they're going to continue to impact us. Right. Everything does. Everything does. Everything does. And sometimes it impacts us physically. And I think, mm-hmm. too, Absolutely. not only because, like, the physical ailments are the things that could kill us, but the physical things are the things that people can see. Mm-hmm. That's true. You know, that's like, true. we're much more vain than we realize. <laughs> and I think... If we don't see it, it doesn't exist. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> Y'all don't know that I only got $3 in my account based on this Instagram picture. And it's like, what? Why? Let's right. talk about that. How? Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of times people look at um, successful women folk, and mm-hmm. <laughs> especially in the space that you're in, and kind of like wonder, well, how do you keep it together? Mm-hmm. And I know for me, like, as your friend, I've known you since like ninth grade, and you have always had an incredible amount of like emotional maturity so I think even before you got into like your profession you've always done a really good job of paying attention to yourself so um what do you do in terms of like how you take care of yourself and how has that changed like as we've gotten older because I have seen the changes but Mm -hmm. it's definitely changed (laughs) over time more recently again I think taking out the choice in in self-care has been really important because like working out I would do it if I felt like it or getting adequate sleep I do it when I could versus now it's like nope going to get seven to eight hours of sleep every night there's no question about it going to the gym on these days I've created a schedule where there's no way that it can conflict with something else um and then journaling has been a huge 
Like, I always tell people to journal. I've gone through journals with my clients, but doing it for myself was something that I started just this year. Mm-hmm. And the the way that it releases thoughts from your brain yeah, <laughs> and allows you to, like, pick up the weight that you've been holding has yeah. been just so good. And it's easy. Yeah. You just sit down and you write. See, and you don't I'm worry glad. about who's going to read it. You just write. No, I'm glad you say that because I think I tell people to journal and they receive it differently because I'm a writer. And they're like, well, that's what you do all the time. Yeah. It's like writing in a journal is very different from like writing a blog post or writing something that I intend for other people to see. Exactly. It's actually incredibly easy to mm-hmm. just start writing. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you take out that anyone else will ever see it or whatever whatever at like for fuck's sake just write right <laughs> right and you don't worry about what you're writing or where it's going or what you're writing about or whether it makes sense or you just literally begin to write and whatever comes to your mind you let it out and you'll feel better yeah it's amazing but that's how I it think, works again like you have to start doing things until it feels good and yeah that's like what um, my therapist, my gynecologist has been like telling me about like working out, like you have to change your programming around it because mm-hmm. if you're only doing these things because you want this aesthetic benefit, mm-hmm. you're going to be obsessed with that mm-hmm. and you're never going to like take, you know, like enjoy the full benefit of, you know, what this should feel like for yeah. you. Yeah. Um, and getting the right type of trainer too. Is right. Like very important. Working out with certain people, being around certain people. I think that's another thing I've had to change. Being around people when you work out or like period? No, no, no. In general, like protecting your energy, Mm -hmm. like not being around people who take too much from you. Or at least if you have people in your life that you feel like need to still be there, they have a place. Maybe you're just, I I let one of my clients know she was doing charity work. She doesn't get anything from her relationship, but she continues to give and that person's benefiting. If you have relationships like that, then you limit it. Mm. Don't be, don't answer the phone every single day for that person. That's, I think, too. I am, I used to be a person who would throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like, if a relationship wasn't working mm-hmm. in, in, or wasn't productive in that way, I would be like, okay, well, I can't talk to this person ever again. Yeah. But things don't like have to be zero nothing. sum. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's how I've operated for like a really long time. Like, if I can't do everything absolutely perfectly, then I'm not going to do it at all. Yeah. That's just like not sustainable. Right. So, in establishing boundaries, it doesn't necessarily mean that like this person is dead to you for the rest of your life mm-hmm. so much as it's just like, let's maybe not talk to them every day. Yeah. Or limit how much time you talk to them. I feel like it's, um, we don't look enough at like the small steps, Mm -hmm. like the incremental Mm -hmm. changes that can like build up to making like a bigger change. Because again, I think changing your life in this way or like adopting a new lifestyle where you're prioritizing yourself can seem like the biggest task in the world. Mm -hmm. But even a journey that takes a thousand miles, you have to start with one step. Right. And it will oh, eventually add God. up. Yes. And yeah, it's stressful though. Like at the beginning, like, remember we used to climb Stone Mountain mm-hmm. and you would stand at the bottom and you'd be like, there's no fucking way. Right. I'm not going to make it up there. Right. And then you do. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, I, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Like you are more capable than you realize mm-hmm. if you actually take the first step. Mm-hmm. Um, so for people who do not have, because I just realized that I speak from like a really privileged place of like living in a blue state, having really great health insurance, and then having a friend who referred me to her therapist. Like the stars aligned perfectly for me yeah. to have a therapist. 
and everybody doesn't have that. So what right. do you recommend for people who are like who have decided, okay, I want to talk to somebody, I want to see someone, I want to, you know, do some maintenance, I want to like figure some things out, but they can't seem to like find a person. Mm-hmm. What do you recommend for those people? Um, the first stop, I would say there's a um, a platform, Psychology Today. Um, they have a website. So I know a lot of times money is a concern or insurance is a concern or location is a concern. And this is a platform that helps with that. Right. So you can filter out. You can filter how many miles you want them to be from where you work or live. You can filter out if you want a male or female therapist, what nationality you want, what kind of insurance do they take? Do they take sliding scale fees? Like, do they barter services? All kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. So um, that's always my first go-to if someone says, I want to see someone or I'm considering consulting with a therapist. Psychology Today is nationwide, and it just it's just a great resource to have. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, um, there are limited resources. Unfortunately, there are some nonprofits that provide therapy for folks. There are some practices that have interns that provide therapy for a very, very low rates that they supervise. And, of course, you'll still get good services, but... This person is in training. Um, and then, of course, church churches offer counseling, typically free of charge for even if they're not members, I believe. Some non-members are able to get services if they need them. Um, but just don't give up, you know. Just don't say I'm not able to afford it or I don't have a person who's going to tell me who to go to and I'm just going to leave it at that. Talk to your physician. Talk to Friends that you know, like you did. Mm-hmm. Talk to friends that you know are in therapy and figure that out. But then, of course, there are just other practices like meditation, uh, like the Calm app, like BetterHelp, mm-hmm. like Talkspace apps that provide kind of um, like virtual sessions for monthly fees. That's mm-hmm. a more affordable way to go about it. Um, they're just all kind of resources. Just, I mean, even exercising is therapeutic for me. Mm-hmm. I feel much better. I feel less stressed. After I'm done. So I would just say go through all all the resources and yeah. see what's available. Like exhaust all resources before yeah. you say this isn't a thing. I yeah, can don't do. throw it away. There's always a way. Even if there's a person in your life that you could just meet with once a week that you know has your best interest at heart and won't go telling your business that you could just talk to. Sometimes just getting it out is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. I absolutely have some clients and... <laughs> It's not always the best situation, but some clients don't want to change, actually. They just want to let it out. Mm. They just want to talk and be heard because they can get a word in edgewise at home. Mm. And that's all they want to do. And they actually feel better because I always check in. If I feel like I'm not adding or contributing or making any changes and you're still in the same spot, I always ask, is this a good use of your time? Are we working on the things that we need to? Are we talking about the things that we... I feel so much better. Okay. Okay. Well, then good. (laughs) We're moving on. But that's what I mean. There's sometimes not magic behind it. Sometimes just getting it out, even journaling, is is just helpful. And I think people should also understand that, like, therapy looks different for everybody. Sure. Absolutely. Like, you're not always going to, like, go in there and, like, every session talk about, like, this one time your dad was mean to you. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not always going to be, like, digging up the past, like... You know, trauma. Yeah, yeah. I think people, and I think too, that's the perception. It's mm-hmm. like I'm gonna have to go in here and cry. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, 
if you're not a crier and you don't feel like it, maybe that won't happen for mm-hmm. you. But it wouldn't be the worst thing if it did. Yeah. But and that's why setting goals when you go in is really important, too. So some people just are there to be hurt. Some mm-hmm. people are there to make a change. Some people are there to get through a traumatic transition in their lives. Some people mm-hmm. are there for their relationship. They're just... You always set goals in the beginning. That way I know what track we're on. But, yeah, it does look very different, even with the same therapist and different clients. Mm -hmm. My sessions look totally different Mm -hmm. based on the person's needs. Right. And, I mean, obviously, because we're all navigating the world very Mm -hmm. differently from very different spaces. So there's no way that everybody can look the same. Right. Yeah. And they shouldn't. That wouldn't be fun. Um, So tell the people where to find you. Okay, so I am located in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, yeah, so I have two offices, um, one in Norcross that I am at on Thursdays, and then my other office is in the Buckhead area. It's technically Brookhaven, okay. but um, it's five minutes from Linux Mall, so okay. I prefer to say Buckhead so people don't get confused. Um, on Instagram, I am at dr.ashley, A-S-H-L-E-E. Um, and really that's okay so my website will be up January 1st yay yay so that's the clarityspace.com but you can also find it at drashleypickett.com and um, yeah that's where you can find me I'm excited yay yay 2020 2020 is the year of fruition that is our theme that is our theme you told me and I stuck to it no like Ashley and I never quite said like resolutions we set a theme Mm -hmm. every year and somehow like the theme always carries through it does like we have never not been on the time yeah yeah Yeah. every single time it's crazy so I'm excited that this year will be the year of fruition I can't wait to see like what God brings forth Amen. It's going to be exciting. Oh my God. What even? But I will put all of um, Ashley's contact info in the episode description. Thank you guys for joining me again. Yay. And we'll talk soon. Bye. Toodles.